Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich or Miss, episode 75. Hey, Richers. Today, I would like to speak with you about the beginning. How do you do the first step? How do you start your entrepreneurial business? About launching your business as an entrepreneur and finding the first customers. And today, I would like to bring you six brilliant ways successful entrepreneurs started their businesses and what you should learn from each of them. Many people are dreaming of leaving their nine-to-five jobs and becoming entrepreneurs. But how do you make their first step? John Lee Dumas is the founder and host of the leading entrepreneurial podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and is one of the founding fathers of this new age of entrepreneurship. John established his podcast after finding himself unhappy with traditional nine-to-five jobs and frustrated with the weekly podcasts he listened to on the road because there wasn't enough content for him. So he decided to create a daily podcast for entrepreneurs. It quickly grew into a huge success. And John, along with Kate Erickson, his partner, built a successful seven-figure business around the podcast. Who is the new kind of entrepreneur? Today, there is a new kind of entrepreneur. The new entrepreneurs are building businesses around their unique skills and by doing so are creating new market categories. They start from scratch and unlike the earlier model of startup entrepreneurs, they are not looking to raise someone else's money. Instead, they build their businesses aiming to gain income and profit quickly. Today, being an entrepreneur means finding what will work for your unique skill set, aiming to gain income and profits as fast as possible and grow your entrepreneurship quickly from a one-person show to a substantial six or seven figures company within a few years. That requires a new kind of structure from the very beginning. You need to create your own marketing and sales formation while becoming the leading brand in your usually new market category. In this episode, I bring you the stories about the first steps of the most successful of this new breed of entrepreneur. Bruce Van Horn is a best-selling author, speaker, thought leader, transformational life coach, business and leadership coach, marathon runner, and cancer concurrer. Bruce hosts the Life is a Marathon podcast, which has millions of listeners in over 210 countries around the world. Bruce is passionate about sharing his life experiences and respected insight to help people overcome their negative thinking and limiting beliefs and develop a winning mindset. Bruce loves coaching people to become the fullest expression of who they were created to be. He lives in Richmond, Virginia. Bruce Van Horn, 
What a pleasure to have you here. Hi. It's such a pleasure. Thank you for, for giving me the opportunity. It's great having you here. Thank you for coming. I just shared with our listeners what you have done until now. And I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today and where are you heading? What I do now, I speak. I am an executive and life coach, a, a business and leadership consultant. I've been doing this for about six years now. I, I realized that all of the experiences that I had had in my life, personal tragedies of my life, I lost everything filing bankruptcy a couple years after my daughter's death. And just on the uh, just before my divorce, I was at a very, very low place in my life to the point where I was actually suicidal. I was driving around my hometown for bridge overpasses to jump off of. I, at that point, I had two boys. Um, it was my, my middle daughter who passed away, but I didn't even like being a dad. I dreaded waking up every morning. I just hated everything about my life at that point. And it was actually through the process of running a marathon. My older brother challenged me. He was a marathon runner. And so he challenged me to run a marathon that year with him. Now, I thought he was crazy. I didn't <laughs> want to do it. But I, I was like, you know what? Why not? And it was actually through the process of running a marathon that I learned so much about myself and what it was that was holding me back in my life. I was at that point in total victim mode. I had a long list of everything that was wrong with my life and things that hadn't gone right in my life. And I had a correspondingly long list of everybody or, or everything that was to blame for those problems. And I, I wasn't on that list. Uh -huh. And what I learned after getting very far into marathon training was that if you aren't successful at training for your own marathon, that's all on you. Personal accountability, personal responsibility is the only way to run a marathon. If you don't do the training, you can't blame somebody else. You can't subcontract it. You know, you can't hire a marketing team to go out and do your marathon training mm -hmm. and then blame them if it doesn't work well. And I realized that the number one problem that I had in my life was a thinking problem. Hmm. I, it was a thinking problem. And I got up every morning and I did my marathon training. And I realized, that, first of all, you can't train for a marathon with a negative mindset about whether or not you can do it. You know, if, if you keep waking up every morning and say, oh, I just can't do this. I can't do this. Your body will eventually say, you know what? what? You're right. We can't. But if you wake up with a mindset that says, you know what? Not only can I do this, but I'm going to do this. And I know exactly why I'm going to do this. And so it's all about having a big why. And as I had completely transformed my body, I was no longer overweight and out of shape. I was a marathon runner. And I realized that my, my brother very early on said something I thought was absolutely ridiculous. He said, Bruce, the hardest part about running a marathon is making the decision to do it. Now, I thought that was crazy because I thought the hardest part about running a marathon was the actual running part. But he was right, but I misunderstood him. The hardest part about running a marathon is making the decision to do it. But I thought he was talking about a decision that you make once. But this is a decision that you have to make 
every single day of your life to get up, to do the things necessary to become the person that you believe that you're capable of becoming. And once I realized that about how it transformed my body, I started to apply that philosophy to every area of my life. And so my finances started to turn around again after my second bankruptcy. My relationships got better. I started enjoying my life Mm -hmm. and people started to notice that I was no longer a negative, pessimistic, sarcastic person. And they started asking me what was going on in my life. And so I just started telling them and I got invited to be somebody's life coach. He was in sales and he said, dude, I don't know what it is that you've got, but I want it and I want to hire you to be my life coach. And I had never even heard of the phrase life coach before. I had heard about consultants and and I knew all about psychologists and counselors and therapy and all of that. But so he told me his idea of a life coach and I was like, all right, whatever, I'll, I'll do this. And he paid me $20 per session. We met at a Starbucks for coffee once a week. And it just worked really, really well. And I found that that was really my gift was being able to, I, I realized that all of the experiences that I had had in my life between you know being very involved in large businesses, understanding leadership and going through the personal tragedies of my life and coming out on the other side of them, having been better person for having had those experiences really set me up to what I do for a living now, which is is working with people on their mindset, on their businesses, on their visions, helping them you know, have an endurance mindset, helping them climb the mountains mm-hmm. of, their, of life. their life, both, both physically and metaphorically. But really, it's about ascending. I, I discovered yoga and I discovered meditation and really getting very clear about your state of consciousness. So sort of how I got to where I am now and, and what I do. And so I, what I do now is I, I speak. I am an executive and life coach, a, a business and leadership consultant. So I work with businesses pretty much of all sizes, everything from you know, 10 to 15, 20 employees or a solopreneur, all the way up to, to large corporations. I, I talk about branding and energy within, within businesses and how the, the idea that the, uh, the biggest enemy of your business is thinking that you have competition <laughs> and that kind of people's world because we're, we live in a very competitive culture. And when I show up to a business and say, you know what, you've got to completely forget the word competition. You have to create the, the greatest products. You have to create, create the greatest customer experience. And when you are so focused on the act of creation, competition is irrelevant. I agree with you so much. I say it for years and I couldn't agree more. Pascal Guillaume lived in France and loved American music. He discovered MySpace and used it to communicate about his skills. That led him to start producing music. However, the brilliant part was moving to the United States and mastering social media. Pascal Guillon, it's such a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Hello, hello. How are you? 
I'm great, I'm great, I'm so happy to have you here just after 4th of July, but it seems like you are sober, I think. <laughs> I, didn't do, I didn't do anything, you know, I'm not a party person, so uh, I just like to have uh, quality time, quality food, uh, read, educate myself a bit more, and that's what I did yesterday, actually, you know. That's great, I just shared with our audience. What you've done until now, mm-hmm. and I would like you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today? Yeah, and where are you heading? Absolutely. So you know, most people in our world are really known to be specialists in one field, and that's about it. Uh, I am more like uh, more like a polymath, if you will. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Because I get bored extremely quickly. So what I do is I develop, you know, I, I'm curious, I research, so I found passions and I go really deep into it. And at some point I feel like, well, this is not that exciting for me anymore that much. I need something else. So I keep looking again and I go, I find something, I go really deep into it and I developed another specialty. So basically, I have different specialties. Of course, my first specialty is music, and yeah. I developed other, other specialties after that. So what I really like to do nowadays is actually to combine all these specialties to create unique experience, like proof of concept, showing to people that, hey, this idea can actually work thanks to technology or that kind of stuff. So nowadays, I like to combine my music with my specialties in social media, in coding, in thinking different on how you can build a music career or just a career in general. So this is how I managed to create a video game six months ago that is paying me instantly yeah. each time the game is played at no cost to the player and featuring my music, of course. So this is what I really like to do right now. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit more about this game that sounds oh, yeah, so no, interesting? Absolutely. I think that's the best thing I created in my life. So basically, I decided to go more into computer science. That was making a lot of sense for me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do a game, but I'm going to do an educational game so that people are actually uh, excited to play, to learn some stuff. And since I know quite a bit about social media, I hided some information about social media marketing in the game. So when people play the game, they actually collect informations. They have to avoid the enemies, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they collect informations, and that's where they can learn how they can do better on social media. But also, they are hearing my music that is streaming from the first music streaming blockchain platform called MusicCoin. And I, put, I created all that from scratch, basically. So that's, that's one of the really cool things I did last year. It sounds so great. Tell us a bit more about your sure. career. When did the music start? Yeah. What did it start from? And when the computer just joined <laughs> the music or were they always <laughs> together? Tell us a bit more about this. It's, you know, it's rare yes. to have musicians here oh, in the I show. See. So, you know, my parents found me when I was like two or three years old, uh, putting the radio on and trying to play along the radio with my tiny instruments, you know. So they were like, oh, maybe we should, you know, find like a teacher for him. And so that's how it started. But it didn't become very serious uh, till I was a teenager. 
However, when I was 15, 16 oh. years old, I decided to focus on that. So at some point, I was practicing my piano 10 hours a day. I studied jazz, classical oh. music. At 20 years old, I was in Cuba. I was invited to play on stage with one of the most famous salsa band in Cuba when I was 20. Uh, so I did a Wow, yeah. that's great. Oh. I've been in Cuba. Oh, this, that, was, that was one of my greatest time, for sure. It's such an incredible place. Uh, so I, I ended up doing a lot of live music, playing with bands, but I figured out that I prefer to create. So that's how I became a music producer. And then that's how I started to produce a lot of music for a lot of people around the world. So actually, my passion for the more like computer science came way, way, way later after, you know, I spent 15 years producing music for a lot of very famous people, but also less famous people and mentoring these people as well and that kind of stuff. Yeah. When did you fall in love? Or I think you fall in love, but you have to tell us with social oh. media how that happened. Yes. So basically, you know, I am French and I loved modern music, modern popular music. And all, the, all my heroes were in America. And I was like, I want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> so how do I do that? So this is when the MySpace became really big. So basically, I yeah. used MySpace to communicate on my skills. I think most of our listeners are not yeah. probably so aware that MySpace was yes. very, very focused on music. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So I think, you know, for my specialty was music, you know, like if people have different fields, they just have to find out what works for them, right? So mm -hmm. for me, that was perfect. So I, I maximized my opportunities. I was also using actually additional softwares that was running in parallel of MySpace to maximize my visibility. And it worked out really well because this is how I managed to start producing songs for like really big stars mm -hmm. from my French village. Oh, and I know that you're in LA. So when did you make the switch to the US? So my dream became true because after communicating so much with, uh, you know, so many people, I ended up being invited by some of the most legendary music people uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, Walter Afanasiev, who is the producer songwriter of the song Hero with Mariah Carey. Oh, he also did the sure. song. Yes. Yes. He did the song uh, Titanic, uh, the movie. Uh, he did a lot he produced a lot of Barbara Streisand stuff Kenny G so he invited me here for a month him and Chris Ivory Chris Ivory is a music executive he is actually Ellen Pompeo's husband oh uh, that's thanks to them that I moved to the US they invited me I spent a month here and that was absolutely incredible wow and yeah. uh, let's get back for a minute for your new exciting game and yes. who are your customers today? Is that the main yes. thing that you are focusing on today? And who are your customers? Sure. So, well, you know, the thing is, as a music producer, at first, my, my customers were mainly music artists, music labels, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But since I got bored of that circle, <laughs> and also because I actually found that it was a very inefficient circle, 
I actually moved on to get to know more like the entrepreneurs circles. Mm -hmm. So basically, I moved from producing music and mentoring artists to doing mentoring actually business owners on how they can do very well on social media. Because it's super, super, super important. It changed my life. You know, it's the story of my life. Hmm. So I showed them that if they embrace that and actually study, I share a lot of strategies with them, uh, it can make a major impact in their business. So now my, mostly my customers are actually brands, uh, startups, or celebrities in business mostly. And because they're also very hungry people, so it's perfect for me. They are willing to learn. They want results. So it's very satisfying for me too. And I guess the rhythm of entrepreneurs suits yeah. your need in very, very, very high and hectic life. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so these are your customers today. And who played the game? So basically the game. So everything is linked. That's the beautiful part about it. Because, so, you know, I have an edge on social media. I managed to build, especially on Twitter now, I have a very large following. So what I did, I put my video game as a pinned tweet on my Twitter, and I have a massive amount of traffic. So that means that I have tons of people who see that tweet and click on the link and go to play the game. And the nice thing is that actually uh, it's great for absolutely anybody to play the game because young people really want to get big on social media, but brands want to do better on social media too. <laughs> you know? Right. Of course, right. Everything has changed now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Most entrepreneurs I talked with started to build their own entrepreneurial business after working a few years in what we call the nine-to-five companies. Adriana Ciceri is different. She knew at the age of 17 she is going to establish her own entrepreneurial business. Adriana Ciceri runs an alignment and business growth consultancy for entrepreneurs and business leaders. The methodology has been proven and developed by modeling strategies Adriana used while starting, developing, and selling more than 10 companies over the past two decades. The extensive experience and seasoned skills developed allow Adriana to quickly identify core issues in the business and the client's strengths and weaknesses. Adriana's approach helps her clients with empathy and measured accountability. Entrepreneurs, high-achieving successful leaders, board members, and industry professionals call Adriana for help. Labeled the Back Pocket CEO, Adriana is an Amazon number one best-selling author, published Game Changers, and more recently, Simple Strategies to Success. Her big picture is to make a positive impact by helping leaders across the globe and to make a difference in their lives, their businesses, and the greater community. Adriana Ciceri, it's so great to have you here. Hi. Hi, Hayud. Um, it's an absolute delight to be here. Thank you. I'm so happy you are here and you're talking with me from Australia. It's your winter time? It is. It is. It's been raining a little bit of late, but it's looking as though the sun's trying to appear again. <laughs> it is. Yes. So we're almost midwinter. I'm so happy that you are here. I just shared with our audience what you've done until now. And I would like you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today 
And where are you heading? Sure. I've always been passionate about developing businesses since I was um, about 17 years old. So two decades on, (laughs) yes, um, two decades on, um, I've been very privileged where business leaders and entrepreneurs started approaching me about 10 years ago to help them to develop their business and nurture their business's success. So I'm super passionate about business development and helping entrepreneurs to become the best they can be and develop the business. How come that people started to come to you, to approach you? What did you do before? Sure. So previous to that, at that point, I probably had started, developed and sold at least five businesses and they were in very different industries. So it was online retail, um, hair and beauty, uh, even horticulture type businesses and I could keep going. And that's what you did since you actually... While you were yes. 17, you started yes. to work with yes. business as early as 17. How come? Yes. So I had, <laughs> when I was actually 13, I remember vividly um, speaking with my brother and we're chatting about what we wanted to do when we grow up. And I said to him, wow. I want to have a business when I'm 18. And I knew that I didn't want to go to university, that I wanted to carve my own way and I did that. I started working and it was in various different things and I decided to take on an apprenticeship. And then what happened was I wasn't qualified in anything just yet, but I actually had an opportunity to buy a rundown oh. <laughs> hairdressing business and I took it on. And what happened back then, I actually um, took it on and I started to develop it and grow it. And then I grew it into a franchise. But I got this formula happening and I was really passionate about seeing things grow. So I had that for about 19 years. But in the meantime, I started lots of other businesses as well and um, developed them and sold them as well. So you started by owning your own small business. It became much, much bigger. You sold it. You started another business and did the same. And then people started to approach you to help them to do the same. Correct. So it's a great story. (laughs) Yeah, um, it's not something I envisaged, but I think when you are an entrepreneur, you really um, look at the positives. So I was actually on a, a little sabbatical, it was about three months, and I was actually handing over that business that I'd had for 19 years. And I was actually thinking, what am I going to do next? So I started thinking, what don't I want to do? So I was actually thinking about all of that, and then people started to approach me, and that essentially then became a consulting business, and it's history now. Um, quite a few years now Mm. and I'm really enjoying it. So where are you heading? What are you planning to the future, to the near future? What we're doing at the moment, um, after last year, we actually started to scale quite quickly. And we realized that clients certainly need um, to be serviced at a fairly cost-effective rate so we can impact a lot of different businesses. So I remodeled the formula that I had to help businesses develop and get good results and reach their next milestones into an online structure. Oh. So we actually launched that. And at the time, I was a little bit nervous for the reason that I've always enjoyed and have been accustomed to helping business leaders grow their business in their office or face-to-face as a consultant and coach. And transitioning to an online model was something that I was unsure about because I hadn't personally done a lot of it myself. But I actually remodeled the programs and launched it. And it's become a really big success. So 
We're actually um, scaling globally now and helping lots of business leaders and their business across the globe still getting some good results. So where I see it heading is doing more of that and certainly helping people in webinars as well. So you're saying actually that now you are helping businesses online? Correct, yes. What else are you most passionate about today? As you know, I'm very passionate about developing businesses and helping business leaders across the globe. And about two years ago, I was approached by a gentleman to help him writing a book. So we co-wrote, and that was called Game Changers. And his name is Steve Brosman, and yeah. he actually has um, met with Sir Richard Branson. He's been to his island souls um very humbled that he actually approached me to be part of that book with him. So we launched that and that went really well. And then I'd always had it in me to write a book to help entrepreneurs and business leaders develop. And I was still then working on my other book and it's called Simple Strategies to Success. Wow. And that went live a couple of months ago. And that's doing really well and getting really good reviews. And I'm a best-selling author as well. Wow. <laughs> so that, that was a bit of a surprise as well. Um, but on the back end of that, the actual foundation of my book, Simple Strategies to Success, is going to form the base to the webinar series that will be rolled out in August this year. Okay. And it's going to be a six-week um, course, and it's going to help entrepreneurs and business leaders essentially with basic fundamentals to actually get their business off the ground and to develop themselves with the right mindset to get there. As a co-founder, brand strategist, and sustainable business specialist at Green Blute, Christoph Dan helps good, green, sustainable, and ethical brands, companies, and services to succeed with digital marketing and e-commerce. Christoph loves to travel and to speak with people he can learn from, and that's why he runs the podcast Green Blute FM. His roots are are in the fashion business where he started his business life 30 years ago. In 2005, after a career with conventional brands like Calvin Klein and others, he decided to dedicate his work life on helping green, fair, and ethical companies succeed. Christoph Dan, it's so great to have you here. What a pleasure. Thank you, Hayut. Nice to meet you, and thanks for the invitation. I just shared with our listeners what you've done until now, and I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and passionate about today, and where are you heading? Okay, uh, I work at a company called Green Blood, and Green Blood is a marketing agency that helps green and sustainable brands to grow with digital tactics and strategies. I believe that the world needs more green and more sustainable brands. That's uh, my passion, and that's uh, where I want to put my, my work in. And uh, we want to reach more green brands and help them to make a difference in the world and help their producers and customers to be more successful. Wow. Do you have any definition to what green brands are? Uh, the definition part is uh, that, that we look at each company who applies because green, of course, is not like it's not very clear. That's called a sliding scale of green. 
There's mm-hmm. dark green with someone who is like super perfect. And there is like a green washing. These are like companies who try to appeal green. And uh, at the end, we look at the background and we listen to our heart after researching the, the client. If they, if it's really something that's in their heart, not just a, a tactical thing where they say we want to get more clients and appear a bit green. But we're quite sure that the clients we work with are really uh, the ones where where we can say, okay, we really stand uh, behind the concept and we really are 100% sure that uh, they're on the right track. That's great. Can you tell me a bit about the company? How did you start? And also, what are you doing today? Uh, yes, of course. The company was started in 2012, in the beginning of 2013, together with my wife, Susanne. And we had worked in the field of green and sustainable brands for some years in distribution. And we found that there's a common problem with these green brands. On the one hand, there are more and more consumers that are searching for green and sustainable alternatives to conventional product offerings. And when we looked at the studies, we saw that 90% of all consumers are keen to buy ethical and fair products and services. But on the other hand, there seemed to be a blind spot when it comes to cons- real consuming. Many consumers choose conventional products over green, ethical and, and new products and services that are better in many ways. And so that's like the place we wanted to help. That's, um, our services are all around this blind spot and this issue. You feel that the green companies or the green brands are not telling the full story at the right way or the best way? Uh, you know, like if you develop a green product, you have to, uh, in the beginning, it's, it's much more difficult to develop a product because you have to find like certified producers and uh, you have to look at the working conditions. And so you're really, really like 99% of your time, you really need to work on the product to get the right price and manage to create a good product. And uh, that's a great story for, for marketing. But at the end, these founders sometimes say, I'm not that good in marketing and uh, I somehow suck. I'm the creative type. And then they look for someone else to do it for them. But at the end, marketing is nothing more than to clearly and effectively communicate the true value of what you have to offer to the world. And, sure. and that's more or less what we do. And uh, sometimes it takes uh, some discussion with the, with the brand owners that they have to think about how they tell their story. That's a big part of being su- successful. Can you tell me the story, what exactly gave you the reason to work with the customers that are working today, or it was the idea of helping green companies? Perhaps I go back earlier. In the 90s, I was working for conventional brands, like I started in the fashion business. And so you get approached by many brands. Do you want to do the distribution for my brand or this brand? And I had kind of a crisis. So I was thinking, if all these brands would disappear tomorrow, would it matter to someone? And uh, mm. the real answer was, no, it doesn't really matter. It's all more or less the same, but a bit different. So I was researching what, what, is, what is things I want to see in the world. And perhaps you, you know Gandhi's famous saying, you have to be the change you like to see in the world. Beautiful. Yeah. And, yeah, and so I started to do a research. And uh, then I found that working with these kind of companies is, is like a filter for me. I, I said, like, if I only work for this kind of brands or companies, I get a unique knowledge and I have a filter for, for myself because the biggest problem is not for many brands is that there are too many opportunities. 
You know, you could do this and you could do that, but at the end, you're not really good here and you're not really good in the other place. And so I thought like focusing and specialization for something I, I want to change is a good thing for my work. And so I started distribution company for green brands. This was like already around the 2000s. It's beautiful. It's beautiful because the way you chose your journey. One of the most exciting and inspiring stories for me is the story of Mike Stelzner. He started as a writer and through his social media examiner blog became one of the biggest influencers and a major part of what social media became to be. I'm a frequent attendee in the largest global social media annual conference in San Diego, which Mike Stelzner founded with his incredible team and hundreds of volunteers from all over the world. Social media has had a huge effect on today's businesses, not to mention marketing. Michael Stelzner is the founder of Social Media Examiner, author of the books Launch and Writing White Papers, and the man behind Social Media Marketing World, the industry's largest conference. He is also host of the Social Media Marketing Podcast, founder of the Social Media Marketing Society, and host of the weekly Social Media Marketing Talk Show. Mike Stelzner, wow, I waited for this conversation. So great to have you here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And can you tell me in very, very few words about your career and how did it all come together to, to this social media examiner and the social media marketing world? I started um, as a writer. And then in 2009, I did what I call my great experiment, where I was able to secure the website socialmediaexaminer.com for like $10. Hmm. <laughs> And, you know, from one of those website places, and I decided to reach out to some of my friends who were writers and encourage them to write for this movement that I was starting called Social Media Examiner. And in 2009, there were not a lot of websites that were giving away a lot of free information. And this thing just kind of took off. And in months, all of a sudden, I had a crazy successful blog on my hand. Mm. And, and then the rest is history, right? From that blog, we were able to launch online conference and then a physical conference and podcasts and live show and just all these things that we're doing today over eight years later. But it all started with me starting, you know, getting a domain and having the um, willingness to try an experiment that I knew might not work. Wow. I think one of the most incredible things was that I, in 2009, suddenly found something free that all the time sharing information and knowledge and giving and giving and giving. And I think you actually established it that way. Yeah, that's when I established it. John Nemo. As an author, speaker, one-on-one business coach and consultant, John Nemo helps individuals, organizations and businesses boost their brand, generate sales leads and increase revenue. John is also the author of seven books, including LinkedIn Reaches, How to Use LinkedIn for Sales and Marketing. John is married to the most amazing woman on the planet, Sarah, and together they are raising three wild boys in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. John Nemo, 
I was waiting for this interview so long. It's great to have you here. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Hayud. I'm excited to be here. It's great to be talking live across the world. I just think this is this is what's so cool about the era we live in, the ability to connect and engage with people all over the planet. So I'm honored to be on. Thanks for having me. Hmm, that's great. I just shared with our audience what you've done until now. And I would like you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today and where are you heading? Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, I, what I'm really most passionate about right now, uh, kind of the story where I'm, where I'm headed today starts a while back in the 1970s. Both my parents <laughs> were teachers growing up. And um, I, I talk about this in some of my trainings, but the ability now to teach others. So if you're a, a consultant, a coach, an entrepreneur, a business owner, you know, teaching today really sells. And so where my focus is, is in creating different online courses, just having, you know, eventually going to have a whole suite of courses out there teaching entrepreneurs and small business owners and coaches and consultants how to really grow their business, how to, you know, do digital marketing, whether it's using LinkedIn, whether it's using webinars copywriting, email marketing. That's my passion, just growing up as the son of two English teachers, you know, hmm. seeing, uh, being a fan of storytelling and really understanding the opportunity we have now for everybody listening to is the classroom is now global. For my parents, it used to be one university in a, you know, in the Midwest, in the United States, a classroom of 20 kids or 30 people. Now it's global, right? You're in Israel. I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the United States. We're talking, we're connecting, we're sharing information, we're sharing ideas. There's a billion hours of video consumed every day on YouTube. So the opportunities are really limitless for you and for me when it comes to teaching and creating courses. And the reason I'm passionate about creating online courses that people can buy and consume on demand and learn on demand is, A, they can do it on their schedule with a global audience. It's hard to match up live training with someone in Israel or Australia. Um, but more importantly, it frees up time. So for me, you know, my I have a wife and three young boys here and a wild dog, Rosie, that if anyone <laughs> knows my trainings and my content, Rosie makes many appearances because I'm a huge dog person. But I want to spend as much time as possible with them. And, and what's really neat about the world we live in today is you can automate and, you know, put on demand so much of your business without sacrificing the quality of customer service and one-on-one -on -one interaction with your customers and things like that. Um, but that's really where I'm headed. That's what I'm passionate about is, is finding a business that's built around the life that I want. So I'm not flying all over the world giving talks. I'm not traveling. I'm not away from home. I'm not on the phone all day. But rather, I'm able to be with my kids and my wife work from home, but yet have an impact, have an influence with teaching and training others through online courses. This is incredible. I must tell the audience that actually I first heard about you when I took a webinar that you've done, and then I just took your first course or one of them. So it is great. Hey, Richards, two things differentiate these six successful entrepreneurs from the wannabes that only dream about entrepreneurship. The first and most important is having the vision and the courage to create your own reality. The second is the understanding that the key to success is already in your hands. 
And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.